everyone, I'm Rosanna, and this is AFL Obsessed. So much has happened in sport in the last week. It almost feels like our last epi was two weeks ago, even though it's only been a week. And the NBA season ended last week while the Olympics started on Friday. So there's lots of sports, games, and news kind of continuously in progress on my end. So we've been watching a little bit of everything every night. And speaking of sports coverage, I was genuinely thrilled to see so many of our AFL games on TV here over the weekend in the U.S. because of the Olympic Games, I just thought it might take away some airtime, I think, for the AFL. You know, I'm always hoping new peeps will find and discover the greatest sport. (laughs) I'm kind of surprised, though, that the biggest clash of the weekend wasn't included in the featured games, uh, the battle for first. And of course, I was sad that my game wasn't included too, but I know they can't be all. I would love to know the process with however they run programming at ESPN and all of their channels. I wonder if it's calculated based on an algorithm or if they just want to have like rotating teams featured whenever they can. But some exciting signings on the footy front. Stringer re-signed. So it's something we've been waiting for. I'm very happy. As I've said with our progress and development, even if it wasn't exactly on display (laughs) over the weekend, but we've been waiting for the package. And it's like when I order something and I'm just waiting for it to be delivered and I'm following like the tracking and its progress to me or when I get a gift for someone and I send it in the mail. So honestly, we're going to need him (laughs) to get through the remainder of the season. I mean, we don't have an easy run home if you've taken a look at the rest of our schedule. Hopefully we're always building on that, but I'm happy with where we stand considering where and how the season started for us and the signs that we're just growing as a group and that they've really gelled. And Cody Waitman has signed a two-year extension. Flea has been amazing to watch since he busted onto the scene last year. And just to see his continued growth this season has been amazing. And he just has a way of making a quick play so exciting and unpredictable. And he did the same in the game that they had on the weekend. And he's kicked 17 goals in 10 matches alone this season. So there's still four rounds left in the home and away season. Lots of continuing news and games, as I said. If anyone is in quarantine right now and just kind of needs some suggestions for quarantainment, (laughs) I've been listening to a podcast, um, Chameleon Season 1, about the Hollywood con queen. It's a true story. It's not Season 2. I would check it out if you want something kind of captivating. And I'm also listening to a really short scripted comedy with Rosamund Pike. It's called Edith. And it's like a satirical historical fiction pod about Woodrow Wilson and his wife, who was sort of like a first secret president for us. So those are just kind of some things that I'm listening to. And Edith has probably the best opening line I've ever heard for a pod. So check that out if you need something to listen to. And please let me know what you're listening to, too, because I've been kind of running out of fun pods. I listen to a little bit of everything. So if anything has really moved you, I've kind of just been backburning, like on the back burner, my true crime pods. So AFL Footy Obsessed at Gmail and AFL Obsessed on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook if you want to share. 
but let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts on the week and where we're at now in NYC and also in Australia. So Andrew and I watched Black Widow finally at the little theater that we love. It's got these fully reclining sofa seats where you're kind of in a pod. I think I've described it before. So you're just enclosed in this two-person pod together. And I've just been wanting to see this movie for a while. <laughs> you know, I've talked about it. It's been sold out there for a couple of weekends. I highly recommend it if you're looking for some action, adventure, something suspenseful and funny. Marvel just has a way of presentation that you kind of always leave thinking that was the best installment yet. At least that's what I think. Definitely at me if MCU is your thing. And the funniest thing is they have these servers that will just kind of bring you your food so you don't have to go anywhere. And when we went to pay, like in the middle of the film, we went to grab um, Andrew's card because he had it sitting on the table. I think mine was like tucked away and it fell in between our seats. <laughs> so these like lovely seats that we love that are smashed together. I was like, I think that card's gone forever. So after the credit scene, I kind of peeked underneath and I could see the card in the mechanical part of the seat track which is really crazy. So I had to crawl under a fully reclined seat and reach into the slot and grab the card. It's kind of like when you drop something underneath your driver's seat between like that main console. And it's it's a little bit like that, but way worse. So I was able to grab it. It definitely took some effort. And we're just about to leave. And Andrew kind of just was like, wait, that's not my card. So we extracted someone else's card that fell in the exact same spot that either they didn't know they dropped it or they were like, it's too hard to get to and they just kind of left. So then I had to crawl back under the seat. I know this is like how exciting my life is now that I'm telling you guys. I guess that's what we've been up to. But I also did start a Hot Ones spice collection for Andrew. And we tried them with some wings on Sunday night because we got the first like little box of them. So I did talk about our adventure with the spices last time. If you watch the show for this season currently, I got him number one, number four, and number 10. So number one is just like the classic. It's pretty good. It, It honestly doesn't really feel like it's doing anything. The fourth one, I think it's called Los Calientes Barbacoa. It's really comfortable. It's like the smoky and slightly sweet overheat. I mean, we're going to have that again. I think we'll probably end up getting another bottle. Number 10, though, the last dab. So I told you that we tried Da Bomb last time, which is number eight on the show. And that's the spice that really knocks you around. And again, I do not recommend doing what I did last time where I did a full finger swipe and then put that spice directly onto my tongue. So we did mix it onto like a little breadstick because I was really scared, like a really thin breadstick. And it is just like you are eating pepper spray. I don't even know what that tastes like or acid, but that's just what it feels like is happening. Andrew said he felt like he got punched in the face. It's just all pain, no taste, if that makes any sense. And I was telling one of my Australian friends about it and they pointed out to me that they were just, it was funny because 
I couldn't even handle the spice from Nando's when we were having dinner in Melbourne a couple of years ago. So I've come a long way since then. But please tell me your favorite spices, things that you like to incorporate, and maybe things that won't kill me when I'm trying so that I can kind of add it to his collection. And New York City now has a mandate for healthcare and service workers that they have to be vaccinated by September 13th. So they've got a couple months to just kind of get that in order. I didn't realize that healthcare workers weren't all completely vaxxed, but the CDC is also saying now that we should wear masks indoors. Now in congested cities, I'm seeing them a lot more now. I know we still have to wear them like on the trains and on public transit, but yeah, everyone's just kind of doing that a little bit more now. And I know that we're going to start having to incorporate that too. As for Melbourne, it looks like restrictions are easing in Victoria. There has been no community transmission. I think all of the cases that have popped up have been in isolated cases. But the AFL did come out with a statement yesterday that the Victorian government is holding off on having crowds back for the next two weekends of footy. So we won't have crowds for rounds 20 and 21. And it looks like Sydney extended their lockdown for another four weeks. So their numbers have kind of been going up. I just hope everyone's doing okay, but it looks like for at least another month, you'll be under lockdown. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and highlights for round 19. Just some of the high notes. In the Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs game, the fight for first, this was a pretty good game. I have to say they were playing in the relentless rain at first and just props to both teams for keeping up the intensity. It's such a hard thing to do in those conditions. My favorite moment though, I know I already talked about Flea, but he took a massive mark, this absolute screamer over Ghani. And he just kind of hung out and then flipped onto the ground expertly, almost like a gymnast move, and then kicked a goal a minute later. And Ghani is, I don't even know how to describe to people who don't know the sport. He is not short. So to sit on top of him and take a hanger like that, Ghani is 6'10". So I, it's just mind-blowing to me that someone who's you know a foot shorter than him can just kind of jump and leap on top of him with no assistance to grab a ball. It's definitely very like reminiscent of some things I'll see <laughs> in the Olympics. But they are now in the lead on the ladder. The Bulldogs have secured that spot, and Melbourne actually dropped to third behind Geelong. In the Carlton versus North game, North won by 39 points. So they kind of knocked out Carlton's chances of any like finals hopes kind of going forward. And if you haven't seen this amazing goal from that game, for me, it was a moment that Kerno kicked a goal from the pocket, like this freakish goal where he marked a ball almost with his teammate, and then he kind of did this left-footed kick across like the face of the goals. Just a freakish goal for his milestone game. So massive props. And on the other side of the field, Nick Larky kicked a bag of goals. I mean, seven in the game. He's one of the best shots in the league. If you haven't seen anything that he's been up to. I remember when I started watching footy, I was always like, 
how many goals does it take to make a bag? I mean, seven's a bag. <laughs> so Nick Larkey is just defining that for everyone. And in the Essendon versus Giants game, <laughs> Durham was probably my personal highlight because he's just been doing so well. And that's just with six weeks with our club. So imagine how that will be going forward. I think at quarter time, they put up um, this little note on the big screen about James Stewart. And they actually put Tom Stewart there. So that was kind of hilarious. I, But honestly, I really can't even comment on the playing. We were pretty lousy and it was honestly rough to watch. So it was really funny. I think someone on Twitter was like, I guess nobody really wants to be eighth <laughs> because we were both kind of battling it out and yeah, nothing to write home about, unfortunately. As much as it pained me, I did watch the Giants sing their theme song because I have to admit, just seeing Stevie J when the Giants win and kind of the way he gets around them when the team is singing, it's just a bonus for any fans, as much as that moment really did hurt. <laughs> Beyond that, I just have to say Isaac Heaney's Screaming marks that he takes have been amazing, so I have to give Sydney so much love. At the same time, I feel like I'm going to retract some of it because Buddy's elbow to the head on Luke Ryan has been a huge talking point following the game, and he successfully challenged that, so the Swans are able to have him back in the game. He did receive initially a one-game suspension, so... You know, if we're not talking about star players and I'm just looking at a player and what happened, I have to say, I really did think that would be upheld. Not with any bias. Unfortunately, that means that he will be free to play us on the weekend. So I, I'm also scared of that. But just for that happening to any of our players, too. I mean, I think we just have to kind of figure out instead of you know, case by case and how they're adjudicated so differently across the competition and across different weeks. It's just another one of those conversations where I really have to wonder. Some sad news that were some season enders this weekend too. Pendlebury fractured his lower left leg. So he is out for the season and Nat Fife, his shoulder popped out and dislocated for the second time in two months. So he underwent some successful surgery yesterday and they're just two athletes I really respect and I adore. It's always hard to see them go down. I'm just wishing them the best with recovery. In terms of headlines, one, Alex Rance played in Essendon's VFL. And yes, I watched that game live. So no sleep between that and our game. And I definitely took some screenshots, you know, from the very first episode, how much I adore Alex Rance. And I know I'll probably never see him don the sash again, but it was a wonderful moment for our VFL players and just to see him on the field. And he honestly is still in really great shape. It was like he didn't miss any seconds being out of the game. So that was really exciting. Two, Adelaide actually practiced at the hangar. It was great seeing teams kind of help each other out during this period where you're maybe using our facility, we can use yours. It's just been really great to see the team kind of sharing resources like that. And the AFLW draft, number three, the draft went down and just congrats to everyone who was drafted, but especially to the six Essendon VFLW players who were drafted. I'm just really excited to see them all play next season. I'm excited to see AFLW when it comes back. 
And yeah, I'm just really, really excited for all the footy that's to come. I know we don't have too much of it left for the AFL season. But what did you guys think of the round? And anything you think we might have learned about the teams and the games? And how are you feeling about your team? Kind of where you stand as we're heading into round 20. So I'd love to know your thoughts if you want to share. Okay, it's intermission. So during this time, let's cut away to other sports. So the Bucks won the NBA championship. I love Giannis. I'm really happy for him. And it was kind of like Tom Brady after the Super Bowl. Giannis was just really cute, kind of carrying his trophy around. And it was a really fun, like, story stream, if you followed any of it, just to see how giddy he was for his first. And as for baseball, the Cleveland Indians changed their name. They are now going to be known as the Cleveland Guardians going forward. And as for the Olympics, I've been watching quite a bit of it. I've always been a huge Olympics person. Our family has. I feel like Americans are pretty patriotic. So it's definitely something I feel like we really get into, especially with international competitions. We like to see how we stack up. The opening ceremony was a little bit anticlimactic, I think, because there were just no crowds and I feel like the athletes were just kind of marching into emptiness. But I did want to see Naomi Osaka with the torch and kind of lighting the cauldron. I wanted to see that moment. I am honestly kind of sad this time around for the athletes and for Japan. There's so many feelings, obviously, surrounding something like this when you're holding such an epic event during a pandemic. Sidebar, I'm pretty shocked that 100 of our athletes that we've sent, I think of the 613, I was really surprised to learn that they were not vaccinated. But especially with the fanfare of the games, it's definitely like watching the season opener last year in the AFL in 2020 when they were just nobody in the audience at the G and on camera, the players were just kind of swallowed up in this massive stadium. It is really difficult because the focus is definitely on safety. I want that for everyone who is participating and I want that for everyone who is working the events too. But from a financial aspect, I guess, you know, the cities just bid on these huge endeavors. And in recent years, I feel like they build I mean, they've been doing this from the beginning, but they'll build these elaborate stadiums and often following the games, the facilities just don't really ever get used again and they fall into like disrepair and whatnot. So just for Japan to finally Tokyo have their Olympics, I know they had to postpone it. And now that they're hosting it again and they don't even get like any of the revenue because people can't be at the games. It was just kind of a sad thing for everyone all around. And also for the Olympians who are competing. I mean, they earn the right to that kind of march and then there's just no one there to, and their families not being able to be there to support them. But I have been watching quite a bit, especially swimming. I love the individual events and synchronized diving. So Ariane Titmus and Katie Ledecky's competition has been really fun to watch from our standpoint and also from the media standpoint I'm getting from all of the Australian papers that I read. But Arnie from Tassie, shout out to Tassie and my listeners there. She did an amazing job. I love what they said about you become a legend when you beat a legend when she ended up getting her first gold and then got her second in two different events. But I will never forget her coach's reaction, Dean Boxall. 
he was pretty wild in his, he just got really excited and kind of walked around. And then he just started humping the fence on the level of the tier that he was on to watch the games. So Andrew and I just kind of looked at each other. We just knew at that moment that it would become the gift that kind of keeps on giving. (laughs) But I really loved just their dynamic together, the two swimmers. And it's been really interesting to see their camaraderie too. I think Katie immediately kind of touched her hand after the race when she was beaten and she was really gracious. So it was really interesting to kind of see the media following from, you know, different angles, just maybe saying that that played out a little bit differently. But Katie then also got her first ever gold in the 1500 meter swim, which they've never done before for women. So that was really, really an interesting and exhausting thing to just watch. But I've, I know Andrew has just been wondering how our coverage would go and how other countries would be, especially with our NBC coverage on TV, if you would even be able to see any of the Australian competitions. I think we've been pretty fair in our coverage. You've showcased just about everyone, obviously top performers too, but I think we've done a really good job. And I think he was just really surprised with how it's being handled in a good way. And the gymnastics are always another part that I love in the Summer Olympics. I always watch them. Simone Biles, you're a winner to everyone. You are absolutely a GOAT. No matter what anyone says, you don't owe an explanation to anyone. You don't owe anyone anything. Uh, Mental health or just health really is how I see it is so much more important than one event or anything about that, regardless of what level you are in your competition. So I'm just really hoping that, you know, she finds what she needs to kind of continue. And we'd love to see you competing in future. There have been some tennis upsets too. I know Ash Barty and Naomi Osaka both got knocked out earlier than we expected. But just a couple of fun stats from the Olympics. I hope I say this name right, but Oksana Chusovitinya is 46 years old and she is the oldest gymnast. This is her eighth appearance in her final for her country. And she got a standing ovation when she was done completing her last like event. I think her child is now in college and maybe older than some of the Olympians that are competing. There's also an Australian Olympian that I think people need to get around more because I haven't heard too much about her. I also hope that I'm saying your name right, but I think it's John Feng Lei. She is 48 and she is a ping pong athlete. And this is her sixth appearance at the Olympics. And she became the first Australian woman to compete in six Olympic games. So mad applause for you there. I think the most fun athlete to see as a flag bearer though is just the Tongan athlete, Pita <laughs> Talfa Tofu, I want to say, who also got a stat as the Olympian competing in his third straight Olympics. He competes in Taekwondo and he did cross country skiing in the last Winter Olympics and he's back again. So just always a fun person to see. I really just love seeing people chase down their dreams of gold. So, and also Brisbane will be hosting the 2032 Olympics. So congratulations. And I know we'll be watching then too. But now we're on to act two, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. And I just wanted to touch on demonstration sports. So a demo sport is a sport that's played to promote it rather than 
as part of like a standard medal competition. And they are most commonly held during the Olympics, but they do happen at other sporting events. And demonstration sports were officially introduced in the 1912 Summer Olympics when Sweden decided to include, I think it's called Glima, their traditional Icelandic wrestling. They incorporated that into their Olympic program Obviously, the medals didn't count as anything official, but most organizing committees, (laughs) I can't talk today, following that decided to just include at least one demo sport at each edition of the games following. And some demo sports actually eventually gain enough popularity where they become an official sport in another edition of the games following. So baseball had a run before the IOC actually dropped them in the 2008 Olympic Games kind of following that. But traditionally, the medals just look similar in design to the Olympic ones that they hand out, but they're just a little bit smaller. And again, they're just never counted in the medal count. And demo sports were suspended after the 1992 Olympics. I think the program just became a little too outsized for what they could handle. And then it was just really challenging for the organizers to continue to give the demo sports the attention that they need to have to have an event. And since the IOC kind of required the demo sports to be like dispensed for their official um, games, I think they were saying that you would have to have like one national sport and then you have to incorporate like one international sport. I think that was how they did it. They have, as I said, suspended them. I think there was one year in Beijing where they got a special permission to incorporate like a martial art competition parallel to like one that they had at the same time. So why do we care about this? (laughs) So Australian rules football was one of the two demo sports at the 1956 Melbourne Olympic Games. And the other demo sport was baseball, which is kind of hilarious. So they did require them to pick and that those are the sports that Melbourne chose to host. And The footy game was played on December 7th in 1956, which seems like a really long time ago to me. And it was on day 14 of the games. Unfortunately, because it was scheduled for the day after the final official Olympic events, the turnout was pretty low. And I think attendance was just really, really not what they expected because everyone's pretty burned out by the end of the whole series. Um, I mean, I don't get exhausted (laughs) watching sports, but I can see that happening after a whole successful run. And the game was played between a side representing the VAFA, the Victorian Amateur Football Association, and then a side that combined the VFL and the VFA. It was part of the Olympic Games. I think the ideals, though, of just like having an amateur competition where only amateur players were allowed to compete is just kind of what made it different. So it meant that mostly the mainly professional players that were playing in the VFL and VFA were ineligible. So a lot of the stars of the game were missing. And I think that that could have really helped bump up the actual event. So the game was played at the G and the ground was similar to what they've played now, except it was inside, I think, an athletics track because that's kind of where they had to have it housed. So Top End Sports, thank you for some of that info that I read about. You can kind of go there on their website if you want to read a little bit more. I was kind of doing a little bit of research because of course right now I'm like, have has footy ever been featured? 
I mean, here's to hoping that maybe it will be incorporated in the future. I would love to see some form of it. Um, not necessarily FLX, but some form demoed in future. There's just a lot of physicality to the game. And I think it's such an exciting one to watch. So whatever capacity that can be incorporated, maybe like under 18s, something like that. Maybe you can loan out some stars. I'm not really sure kind of like we'll do here for basketball. I think it would be a really fun way to kind of bring that back um, in future, maybe for Brisbane, get some special permission or something to have that around. And I always think too, when the Olympics roll around for AFL players, like what sport could maybe they ease into? I think a lot of the athletes are really elite when it comes to footy in the AFL. And I think they would really excel in track and field. I can really see them with their running and endurance capability and their core. All of the things that they'll do, they'll incorporate like Pilates and rowing and all these different things into training and weightlifting. So I really think track and field, maybe like a high jump or a long jump would be really great to see. So hopefully, you know, like I said, I know it's my dream. Maybe at some point those two kind of walls will collide or those two kind of like, maybe there'll be like a little Venn diagram there that absorbs both sides. So now it's the after show. And I just have some pure class stats for some of our players. Travis Boak played his 300th game. And Kernow, who I said earlier, Ed, played his 200th. Josh Kelly played his 150th. And Hugh McCluggage played his 100th game on the weekend. So Shannon Hearn is about to hit his 300th game this weekend. I'm constantly like my mind is just blown when I'm saying these words. And he's now, I think, also in discussion to talk about playing on for a 17th season. So applause in advance for your stat that you're going to hit because that's just really exciting. And I just love celebrating players. Um, Honestly, just continuing to play season after season is a feat. And last week I talked about the immaterial sculpture that was sold for over $18,000, this invisible piece of artwork, where if you look at the picture, I don't know if you guys looked it up, it's just a taped off space of nothing on the ground. I think it was like on grass that's empty. (laughs) And the moment that I think you all must have heard that I realized I was in the wrong field, but I just couldn't help but laugh that the artist has sold three different versions of this sculpture or whatever. To me, I don't know. I want to say con artist under my breath, but the funniest part that I just wanted to say in follow-up to that is that there is someone here in the U.S. who is suing the Italian artist for stealing his idea. Like it's just proprietary information or something. (laughs) So that was just really funny to me. And I'm just, I just want to see if anyone else kind of comes up with this magic invisibility, whatever. And if that's incorporated in like the artistic realm in future. And last but not least, Supercoach. I've still got five trades in Supercoach and some optimism left. I was hoping to crack the 1,000s, but let's be real. I have a lot to learn. My first season of just playing fully all the way through this year. So, you know, I will ever after you're not getting rid of me, Supercoach community anytime soon. But 
yeah, I've got a lot to learn and I'm just hoping that this will be the week that kind of breaks my score and gets me even higher <laughs> on the competition scale because I'm still kind of, I don't know, I'll have to tell you what my stat is next week. But thanks so much guys for just sharing a part of your day with me and keeping me company. So hopefully I'm doing that for part of your day. And that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And let me know what you think. And thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like footy. I'm virtually hugging you, and we'll talk footy soon. <laughs>